Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi includes advanced security to help protect all your connected devices. You'll get real-time alerts. Oh, like this one. So you don't have to worry about malware. Or when your kid downloads a song from a shady link. And now all your computer can play is... Red color, red color, where are you? <sighs> all blocked, thanks to advanced security. Included with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. Advanced security must be enabled in the Panoramic Wi-Fi app. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Chit Chat Money. On this show, hosts Ryan Henderson and Brett Schaefer interview industry experts and riff on the world of investing. As a quick reminder, Chit Chat Money is a CCM Media Group podcast. Ryan and Brett are also general partners at Arch Capital, and Arch Capital may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Anything discussed on Chit Chat Money by Ryan or Brett or any other podcast guests is not formal advice or recommendation. Now, please enjoy this episode. This is the Chit Chat Money Investing Power Hour. I am Ryan Henderson. I'm joined by Brett Schaefer. I got to silence this real quick. Um, and we are live at, it is 1224 on the West Coast, but 324 on the East Coast. We typically do these at 12. So I apologize for the delay. Um, we had a power outage. so <laughs> we, had, we did have a power outage, so not our fault. Uh, hopefully our, our few listeners or our few viewers that watch us live, uh, are still sticking around. And if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. Uh, what do you have this week? Anything? Well, maybe I should introduce the show. We riff on anything financial markets. I actually talked with a listener or friend of the show, uh, last week, and he said he really enjoys this type of episode because, we uh, are more candid and honest, even if it's sometimes brutally honest. So we're going to try to be extra edgy today. Um, okay. Did I, no promises. Uh, well, TikTok was reportedly the FCC wants to ban it, right? So uh, and every, then every advertising company is saved. I guess. Well, not advertising company every advertising platform in the United States. And then I saw there's been a bunch of stuff in crypto, which seems to be totally blowing up. Although the Bitcoin price, I don't know what's connected and what's not, but the Bitcoin price isn't in too bad of shape, but there seems to be a lot of blowing up. Well, it's below 19,000. So. Oh, it is. It's back mm, down below. It's in the teens. And Michael Saylor bought more. Yeah. Well, what do you expect? Uh, All right, but, wait, hold on. There was a question that was posed this morning. Is he an idiot, which I know is a little harsh, or is there a way that he comes out of this making a bunch of money for himself? Or both? Uh, yeah, it's definitely both. He's definitely going to make a lot of money. I think it hasn't it been his kind of personal piggy bank since the dot-com bubble. Uh, but who knows? It could totally blow up. But, I mean, it, how is it not going to blow up? I mean, come on. Levered up to buy, buy some magic beans. But it's such a weird situation. I don't even know what to think about it. How could you live life like that? 
like knowing at any moment you could get, I mean, he knows when he would get it, but being living life so close to the edge, like with that margin call, like he can't, I guess it's, he can always file company bankruptcy and be fine himself. I'm sure he ends up rich out of this somehow, but I don't know. I could not, I could never fly that close to the sun. Yeah. He is seeing any clips of him. He's an interesting character for sure. He is dedicated. He thinks of it in almost religious kind of religious, right. You know what I mean? Like it's like a, it's yeah. not, ne- you know, not necessarily religious, but he says in, Bi- in Bitcoin we trust. Very similar yes. to the, t- the the common line in God we trust. Exactly. I exactly. That's all the dollar bills. Yeah, but what about what? What did you think of the F? Did you see the FCC write the letter asking uh, Google and Apple to take TikTok off the App Store app stores? I didn't read the letter, but I saw the news. Did you read the letter? I did. It basically was what you know people were tweeting about. He just said that um, I don't know. This wasn't the head commissioner. It seemed like it was just a deputy, but yeah, he was just saying that there's a lot of evidence that what TikTok says that all the data in non-Chinese places stays, you know, localized is not true, and that there's a lot of evidence that there's a direct, you know, access for the CCP and blah, 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 all that stuff. And that violates a lot of Google and Apple's policies and should probably be banned because of it. Um, A lot of people, and maybe it's surprising, or maybe this is just because I have a way different idea about TikTok than a lot of other people. A lot of, like, I I don't know, just maybe it's just Twitter, Twitter people, but think of it as they kind of equivocate or how am I not, why am I saying the right word? Like they, they compare it to, you know, Facebook and, and Google and whatever and, and all the other social media companies and say, well, TikTok's doing just what these other social media companies are doing. And it's from, but it's from China. And I kind of think, well, yeah, that's kind of why like two reasons. One, the CCP, has basically direct access to almost all the large companies um, to you know, nudge them to do what they want, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of evidence of that. And two, uh, China banned all US apps. So it seems a bit unfair, or not all US apps, but the majority, right? Majority of these long, large ones. So it seems a bit unfair <laughs> to just let their, you know, not state-sponsored product, but their you know Facebook of China kind of deal. If you know what I'm saying, does that make sense? Allow them to operate willy-nilly in the Western world, while we can't operate. And Google's in, down there, isn't it? Yeah, I am 95% sure that it is banned. Although there was reports they were working on a Chinese-based one, but I'm sure that is scrapped now, given the relationships have um, between the two countries are way farther apart than they were like five years ago. All right. Well, that leads into uh, something I wanted to talk about, even though I know we're not supposed to come prepared with anything. Um, right. Okay. The I read uh, sort, of, sort of a friend of the show, a friend of mine 
writes this newsletter um, called the Coffee Can Portfolio. Kind of interesting. He talks a lot about macro and he listed a whole bunch of, in this newsletter, he lists a whole bunch of stuff that a whole bunch of factors contributing to like the labor shortage, the supply chain, um, price inflation, like all, all the different factors. And basically I'm going to, I'm going to name them to you and you tell me whether you think it's temporary or here to stay. Oh, wow. This sounds like such an easy game. Okay. China locked down due to the surge in COVID cases. You mean uh, what's like the the certain one or like uh, just perpetually having new ones coming down the line? Is that what he means? means? Let's Let's say like perpetual lockdown. Well, not like different ones pop up. You mean like Shanghai might be locked down in 2020, late 2023. Well, given their policy of no COVID, uh, zero COVID, whatever policy through 2027 that they just outlined and reaffirmed, I will say that will continue in all likelihood. Semiconductor shortages. Temporary. Caveat, if we get another crypto bubble, I want to revise my opinion. But it's, I mean, the, who's a good fault? Who is it? Take him, reporter for, the, for Bloomberg, has done a lot of work on how, or not work, he's kind of just made this Twitter thread, which I'm sure is accumulating to, to some uh, good work on it, that, God, uh, what are they, GPU prices, a lot of the stuff is coming down in the secondhand markets. So I think supply is opening up, but that is only a small part of the market. So maybe some of those automotive stuff, whatever, won't be fixed, but we'll see. So if Bitcoin hits $10, you think the chip shortage is over? That would be helpful. That would for sure. If all, if there was no demand from crypto for semiconductors, that's clearly helpful, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it has to be. Uh, All right. Another one. Um, Early retirees due to the wealth effect. I think you can probably answer this one. It's sort of hindsight. Yeah. That one's easy. Temporary, both crypto and stock market and housing price. Well, housing prices will know within the next year. Uh, But I guess what we talked about last week, still firmly in the camp that housing prices are totally unsustainable given it mortgage rates, but yeah, the wealth effect All probably right. over. Well, or it's, it'll be, cause I guess it's like a spectrum. It'll be way lower on the spectrum. Okay. Uh, unvaccinated employees quitting due to vaccine mandates. Oh, I kind of forgot about that. I, I, mean, I don't know if that's still going on, but. And major league, ba- well, not major league baseball, but. The blue side note, the Blue Jays have an advantage because in Canada, you have to be vaxxed and some players on the teams can't go across the border. So they have an advantage when the Blue Jays are playing in Toronto. That's besides the point. I didn't even know this was still a headwind or what an inflationary thing. I mean, that's got to end, right? Those, all those things. I mean, we live in a pretty, you know, area that was pretty strict about COVID and that, that stuff seems to be ending, right? Yeah, 
And there's been apparently a big wave of COVID cases, and I haven't seen any policies really change. Like any, we didn't go back to what we were at. Um, yeah. Is right, there? So I'll, we'll say that one's temporary then. There's no. It seems like all the government officials in the United States, or the vast majority, have forgotten, um, or not forgotten, decided that you know the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. China is definitely a big concern for COVID-related stuff. What about uh, trade war with China? That's <laughs> that is all those questions I've been answering with. Maybe I sound confident in some of them. I, they're just guesses. This one, I have no clue. Who knows? I mean, it comes down to who's in office in all the different offices uh, in the United States. Is she gets reelected or not reelected? Quote unquote reelected. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, who knows? All right. Under investment in, um, like scarce resources, so oil, um, oil production pl- uh, facilities, uh, natural gas, Ooh. pipelines. That underinvestment. Do you think that continues, or will be cured? This is another impossible question because there's so many variables, but it cannot be cured within a short, short time period. It's got to be at least multi-year. From what I've read, so what's your definition of temporary? Two years or less. Uh, I mean, we could. If the definition of that being solved is oil prices come down, then I way way am unsure. But if oil prices just come down from demand destruction, I that it's so hard to answer. I mean, who knows? We could start ramping up nuclear. We could start doing a whole host of things. But it, given like the long-term nature of a lot of the, how long it takes to build up a lot, you know, the stuff we're talking about here, it, it can't be solved within a year. So. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Here you are miles from home and ready to start your vacation. Good thing you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. They have free high-speed Wi-Fi to stream all your favorite movies. And in the morning, get fresh waffles with their free bright side breakfast. Or squeeze in a workout at their fitness center. Either way, you're ready to conquer the day. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you triumph. Book your stay at LQ.com. I want to say past all that one, but I would say not temporary. Oof, that's devastating. I don't know. I could totally be wrong. I literally, I have no idea. That's such a, that's such a hard question. There's so many variables at play. We got a question. I think is that, is that all of them? And the, uh, those are something. Oh, it's yeah. Alex. But I think uh, we got a question from Alex and I'll say, I loved your uh, Bumble write up this week. If it's the Alex I'm thinking of and it probably is. He says, if we can pitch questions, uh, in regards to the last convo, if the U.S. takes real action against TikTok, comfortable owning? Are you comfortable owning Starbucks, Nike long term, or ultimately face significant pressure on their China biz in retaliation? Great question. Thanks, Alex. Go check out his stuff at the Science of Hitting. Uh, 
we've had him on the show before. Do you want to answer that one? I think that's a tough uh, one. That's a tough I'll, one as well. Uh, I'll let you go first while I think of my answer. Uh, it. I am not. Uh, well, let me see. I am discouraged from owning Nike and Starbucks because of the China situation, and that's why I'm also discouraged from owning Apple. Um, what's the other big one? Like Costco. Although Costco is only a small amount. Ah, there's a few others. There's a few other companies. LVMH, maybe. Stuff like that. And I guess if there was real action against TikTok and there could be a sort of an escalating thing going on, yeah, I would be nervous about owning them unless I could get a good discount because those, those are just such solid brands in the Western world. So I feel like if you could get nice... You know, if you could if you could get a good thesis going, or not a good thesis, if you could have a nice pitch or a good, you know, the valuation looked good, X China, which right now with both those companies likely it doesn't. Although I don't follow them too closely, I would get, <laughs> I I would not be tempted to to own them at all. Does that make sense? I feel like I tried yeah. to answer it without answering. I haven't I haven't followed Nike Nike that closely, and I. Kind of, I guess I could say I followed Starbucks just because I read Alex's write up on them. And Howard Schultz, I believe, said he thinks they will have more stores in China long term than the US. Yeah, so, I didn't like that. I did I did not like that. Just that would be the written. I mean, yes, there's the opportunity there if it just feels like you're adding more risk if you go at it, right? You kind of agree with me. Like it, things could work out fine, totally. And Starbucks could have a huge business in China and shareholders could do quite, quite well. But but it's still always like... It's looming, yeah. In China. Like that business is still always over there. Yeah. And I saw something this week that all foreign companies now have to set up some sort of separate bank. Uh, gosh, I didn't read this. So this could totally be wrong. But they had to set up even another sort of bank account or something with the CCP or something like that. So it makes me, yeah, skittish. Yeah, that's probably right. I'd say I have, have probably a similar take. Um, and in regards to Starbucks, if you had to bet, I, I, I'm sort of, I've, I've grown like less, interested in Starbucks as of late. And there's been part of like the union stuff. Good point. Kind of, kind of weird. Uh, probably, probably doesn't help them, but also they're reformatting their stores to be more accommodative, accommodative to uh, like these new style of order and a lot of pickup and less like sit in. And I feel like that kind of erodes the value that Starbucks has. Like, I think part of Starbucks's value is that it's like this experience beyond just the coffee. And if it's just like this um, giant like drive-through, is it that much better than another drive-through? Yeah, interesting point. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I never understood Starbucks, but the lines are st- the lines are still long. Maybe that's just the drive-through lines because no one's in the stores anymore. 
Good point. That's a good point. Although I haven't checked comp store sales, so maybe they're up and I'm wrong. No, the business looks healthy-ish. Yeah, I have a hard time getting... Baristas like, don't like it. There's outrage from baristas. Yeah, well, that was in, that was in Alex's write-up. Yeah, it feels like there's easier places to play. I mean, it's a it's a quality business. Here's the here's one that makes me a bit nervous: is that Schultz can't seem to set up a culture where he it, it can be run effectively after he's gone. So, yeah, that's concerning for long term shareholders. He's always got to come in and play hero. Yeah, he also sold the Sonics. So yeah, just, so he's dead to us forever. <laughs> Exactly. I, 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 I am biased against him. I do not like him. I read, I think it was in Saudi America that he was like, uh, I would not have sold if I knew they were going to Oklahoma. And he said he was just selling it to a different owner, but he thought it was going to stay in Seattle. I don't know if I buy that. Yeah, that's wrong. That's. That's definitely a definitely a lie, but that's not <laughs> that's Seattle sports stock. Right, so Let's go to investing. Never, definitely never owning Starbucks on that. Uh, <laughs> what about Nike? Have you kept up with Nike at all? Yeah, I mean, when we did a show on Lululemon, I kind of looked at them just because they're one of the largest competitors. I was looking at the younger. There was a great. Who does it? It was one of the investment banks does the teen survey every half year, I think, maybe every quarter. And it's basically people under 18 or people under 21. And it's just looking at what's your favorite brand or company or items across a variety of different things like food, apparel, um, electronics, blah, blah, blah. And Nike dominates for the most liked cross both well what men hire which makes sense but uh women or i guess teenage girls you know blue lemon as expected is higher but nike holds that quote-unquote market share of likeness and is it's quite quite high they were the most distinctive if you kind of get what i mean like separation between one and two across all of different things so like what was number i think the top three for food was starbucks mcdonald's chipotle like they were pretty tight but nike and apparel was just crushed everyone however <laughs> what are the odds of an under armor comeback i don't think that's the biggest threat here <laughs> uh lululemon's a decent threat although they do serve slightly different markets for a lot of their products Jordan's a great brand. They locked up a lot of the good athletes. There's still some China risk though. And that's tough. Here's here's the I think apparel is a little even tougher in China because I read a story about how H&M Oh gosh, was it H&M? I think it is. Yeah. They had a great business in China and then they made some mistake and you know, magically a year or two later, no, no one was buying their products. Mm-hmm. And 
that that seems like a just a terrible risk. Yeah. That you don't know, you can't quantify, you can't. It's just it's not a risk of like permanent loss of capital because you know, these businesses don't have a hundred percent of their businesses in China, but it's a risk that for whatever like I mean, if they can just convince people to not buy H and M for whatever however they did it, that's they can do that to your company as well. That's at least that's my huge that's my big concern. So what do you do? Let's say you're running Starbucks. I don't know when they started in China, 15 years ago. Oh man, it's impossible to operate. You, said, I, you have you to saturated keep going. The, you've saturated the US and North America. I don't know if they have. I think they've still grown store count pretty quickly, even in the US, not quickly, but a decent amount. Um, would you go to China or no? I think it's a, I don't think it's a two-way door. But are you saying 15 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I mean let, let's say you're a business like Starbucks today. You saturated the rest of the world. Do you try to enter China? That's a, such a hard question. It's such an, I mean, it is an enormous market. That's such a hard, it's an impossible question. I would much rather. I can't go fault to- them. You can't fault them for going after China, but it does, if that's baked into the valuation today, yeah. you're less likely to. Uh, become a shareholder. That's what you're oh, saying. for sure. For sure. And I don't think that's, I think a lot of people, that's not some hot take at all. No, it's not. Did you listen to the uh, Chris Bloomstrand Berkshire interview? No, I did not. I saw it. I obviously did a fan. I, I already know he did a fantastic job. I have read too much, listened to too much about Berkshire. I know the business too well, and I'm never going to own it. So I'll never yeah. say that. But I don't need more. I don't need more. I've heard that story a hundred times. I'm sure it was fantastic. He does the best work on Berkshire. But no, I did not listen. I'm sorry. Well, it's worth the listen anyways. But the... uh, I I, I disagree. I haven't listened, but I disagree. I've listened to this stuff a hundred times. I want to learn about other companies. I mean, it's not just about Berkshire. He's talking about like the dynamics of being a holding company and how certain or an insurance business beyond I'm, Berkshire, like the disadvantages it's worth the listen. I'm, I'm as so having listened. Yes. I knew what Berkshire well, okay. was going in. But. Fair, fair. If you haven't heard that stuff before, but as someone who's listened to that same spiel that you just described a hundred times, I'm not interested. Ah. You're going to listen one day and you're going to be like, oh, it's wrong. Oh, yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Wow. Holding company. How do you operate? Decentralized. Ooh, no bureaucracy. Oh, my God. Thank you. No, no. It's more. There's more to it. You'll listen. You'll see. Guarantee. Guarantee. I, 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 I am not going to. I will. I am not going to listen. There's thousands, of pod, millions of podcasts and millions of conference calls. I mean, I've, I know too much about Berkshire Hathaway for a company I'm never going to own. Like I, I know so much about it. There's no such thing. There's no harm in knowing something about you. No, but it's just <laughs> about something you want to. I kind of realize, like, <laughs> is it just a waste of time for me to study Berkshire too much? Anyway? Also, like, why would you say you'll never own it? 
Well, I mean, okay, uh, sure, if the price collapsed by half tomorrow, yes. But I mean, what if the value was still there? People probably said that in 2018, 2019. Yeah, but it's not, again, I'm, I, for, uh, like, I know I'm not going to buy it unless it got stupid cheap. What's stupid cheap? Uh, one where <laughs> way below where they're buying back. So, look. The most discouraging thing for me is that it's like the most followed company. Yeah, I don't. Uh, as the, you know, I got all the quotes from the Buffett and Munger in my head. As they say, fish where the fish are, I'd rather go somewhere else. I mean, look. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. As a business leader, how can you innovate, build trust, and move forward in a digital era? KPMG can help by bringing together the right talent and technologies, generating insights that spark opportunities. To explore their thinking, visit read.kpmg.us slash opportunities. It's just, I feel like not worth, after you've studied it, it just, I'd rather use the lessons from studying Berkshire Hathaway and getting how they were so successful, you know, whatever, there's probably a dozen key tenants over the years of why they were so successful and using those lessons to search for those traits in other business businesses and studying Berkshire even more while not being a shareholder feels like a waste of time when I could be spending that time studying a different company. The, uh, do you think you would have passed on it in the nineties? Uh, that's the only time. Rougher? No, that's the only time. I know I wouldn't have bought in the seventies because of the ownership structure. That's the only time. I feel like I would have like looked at it as a potential buy, but I, I'm sure I would have passed. Uh, no, I mean, no, we own some Berkshire like like stuff, so. Yeah, I owned a Berkshire so that I could go to the meeting. Well, no, I'm saying we own Berkshire. We own we. we well, yeah, you we said like, you'll we never like, be a Berkshire shareholder. We I know that's meeting. that's a fake. That's a fake. I have one. That's a fake like thing. I have a one B share. That's fake. The uh, no, the I mean, we own like Berkshire like businesses. You know what I mean? The whatever the holding companies, the conglomerates. We can, we like those. We like looking at those. So I think. Yes, I would have gotten interested for sure. I have no idea whether I would have hopped on the train, but definitely in the 70s and early 80s, there's no way I would have been looking at that complicated ownership structure and saying, what is this? This could definitely, this could easily been a fraud, right? Or, or we, t- ooh, we were talking about that with someone. Uh, you know, you'd look at it, you'd be like, wow, like self, not self dealing. So, I mean, some stuff that looked like maybe self dealing. Can't even, Son, his son's on the board. Son was on the board. You'd have been like, oof, red flag, red flag, red flag. And yet it was turning into one of the best performing stocks of all time. So I feel like you could have probably just heard him talk like once and been just like been completely yeah. like if you listen to one annual meeting, any any gripes you would have had about management, it's like competence or self-dealing. That's a good point. If you want, yeah, we're going probably to the annual meetings. If you read the letters and went to the meetings, yeah, that's a good point. Have you looked at anything recently? 
worth uh, worth talking about. Uh, Wise just had their annual report. Really, really interested in them. Transfer wise, X yeah used to be transfer wise, now wise. Um, yeah. I heard something about the CEO's taxes. Oh, he's did avoiding hear, them. Did you hear about? I don't, I don't know. I just heard something about this. Well, <clears throat> avoiding taxes is never good, but as a shareholder, I don't think that's <laughs> a giant red flag. Given that I would like them to avoid taxes for me as a shareholder as well. So, yeah, I haven't looked through the whole report, but let me pull up the valuation here. It has really, really strong margins and it's trading at about five and a half times sales, profitable. Yeah, here. Uh, last year it came to light that <clears throat> last year it came to light that the UK tax authority, HMRC, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, had fined Wise's CEO, Christo Carmen, $365,000 in relation to an outstanding tax bill of $720,000. Okay. Never mind. He was illegally evading taxes. I do not condone that. Legally, get finding loopholes, that's fine as a shareholder, but that, that that's not a good look. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think $365,000 is that big of a deal. No. It's not, yeah. I thought I thought it was just like one of those, you know, Bezos type ones where he didn't pay any taxes or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But it was legal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to take away from that. But I mean, we covered wise. We haven't done. No, we didn't do a deep dive interview. We just covered them on the show. I think a basically a year ago they IPO'd a year ago. Very very intrigued about these new age, uh, what are they called? Remittance companies. At the time, <laughs> I think I was just getting caught up in the crypto hype. I was worried about crypto being the big competitive threat for the remittance market. Not a chance. Uh, but, after researching that more, yes, I agree. Not a chance, given the fee structure of those. I mean, Wise has, they seem to have a great head on their shoulders. Their strategy is sound of lowering fees to give themselves a competitive advantage over everyone else. Uh, remittance market has uh, inherent competitive advantages because of the regulatory stuff you have to set up in all the different countries. And I mean, they're not even to the point of Western Union. It's been years and years and years. Um, and- they're adding on very high quality products. Anecdotal evidence, use the product. The debit card is great. If you basically transfer to this the foreign currency within the app, you can use the debit card with no fees. And it's fantastic. I will say, I'm not a fan. I'm actually not a fan of the name change. And I think that might sound stupid, but I think transfer wise, when you're looking, let's say you're trying to be like a new remittance customer or trying to remit money and you're looking for something new. Transferwise might catch my eye a little quicker than Wise, which they're trying to brand essentially as like a neo bank. Yeah, eh. I wonder how much of Remitly's like traffic is organic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how serious you are there, but I mean their volumes were up forty percent last year, so I don't know. I don't think it's a huge concern. How much but, sales and marketing spend up? I have not checked that. Confirm that for you. Well, I think they just they lost a good, easy, organic funnel <laughs> to attract 
potential uh, customers. Yeah, maybe. Uh, they're a UK business, so they don't have... They got the worst financial statements, or at least they're the most different than SEC filings. So they're just annoying to find all the stuff. I don't even know where sales and marketing would be on here. I see what a comment from Ian. Did you see that? Our only, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm not even going to repeat that. He says, everyone, uh, I will repeat it. Says, everyone knows dot, 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 crypto solves this. I wonder if, if, okay, let's say crypto went. And uh, by crypto, I'm just going to use Bitcoin as like a proxy for the whole crypto market. I know some, like crypto, anyone that's in the industry probably hates that, but I'm going to use Bitcoin. Let's say it went to, I don't know, 10 bucks for a Bitcoin. And you were a wealth manager or you manage money on someone's behalf and you put money into it. How do you rationalize or how do you explain that today after well i don't know because i wouldn't do that i mean you can't like there was no like thesis right well Other other than everyone else is buying yeah, I mean the thesis is digital gold, which basically means everyone else is going to buy. Um, yeah, it'd be tougher to defend for sure. It would be tough to defend. Would you rather own gold or Bitcoin? Don't. <laughs> What's the thing from Dalday Nights? Don't you put that evil on me? <laughs> gold. Why? Although I will never buy both. Gold feels less scammy, although that is saying something. All right. I have a thought on Uber. Okay. I think it might make a decent investment over like the next Okay. All right. I'm serious. Yeah. And I know they're hemorrhaging cash, but. Pitch it. Pitch it. I'll, I'll listen. Pitch. All right. Uber has drastically increased prices over the last year or so, at least in my experience. I think they have talked about that. By basically consolidating the market to them and Lyft, cabs are essentially becoming Ubers. If I heard it correctly, they've partnered with Uber in New York. They have those two have the power to raise prices at will and demand may fall some, but I think the people that need designated drivers, which I imagine is a, still a decent chunk of their population, will have to pay. That's it? That's my pitch. I mean, how big is that, Sam? Come on. Like? That's what the business was built on initially. No, 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 no. The business was built on letting people drive to work for four dollar rides that cost the company ten dollars no 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 no. The, yes it was the black car well, service? okay sure 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 original but i'm saying it got to the size it is today like how that, that market can't be that big 
I think it's probably pretty large. And there's certain scenarios where you need an Uber or a Lyft and without taxis, with them being the two participants in the market, essentially they've, I mean, yeah, well, I guess maybe a new player could come along, but yeah, I mean, I took one last week. I'm not saying I wouldn't use it, but it's a bad business, plain and simple. I don't know. I see a world in which they, they could win. Oh, yeah. They're going to get to 10% adjusted EBITDA margins. It's going to be so great. Oh, look, the, here's two things that concern me with Uber. One, and well, everyone talks about this. Hold, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound, I'm going to clip this little sound bite here and play okay. it back in 2030. And we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Um, let's see where the stock is right now. Because if it's in the shitter, maybe I'm less optimistic. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love other market caps for still 40 billion. Um, that's funny. Yeah, love that stock that. Base. I love that stock based compensation. All right. Well, yeah. But their valuation one in 2015 was like 60 billion. I mean, that was insane. But okay. Here, here's what concerns me about Uber. And this isn't some novel take. This is what everyone has. Um, if gas prices go up, which is out of their control. Labor prices go up because they have to fulfill that for their drivers because they don't pay that to whoever, uh, their labor pool. What? Consumer pays it. I know. But that's like, even if they're able to raise prices because of that, it's not coming down to the bottom line. Two, wait, like, their net wages that people are earning on these things are still way, way lower oh. than, than a lot of other jobs they can get. So the risk of wage inflation is much, much too high. I swear every Uber driver I've had lately has, has bragged to me about how much they're making on Uber. I know, but that's net, dude. Like, no one's doing math. Their gas prices are through the roof. I don't think they'd keep doing it. If they weren't making the money that they okay, they all right, and Uber is what Uber's what right now? Let's let me let me pull up the old. This is uncoined, so not confirmed. Let me pull up the old cash flow table. Positive operating cash flow over the last. Oh my months. god, they have generated one hundred eighty-one million dollars in operating cash flow over the last twelve months. Correct. Wow. That's amazing. Up from free negative, cash flows, free cash flows negative. Up from negative four billion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that was pandemic. But yeah. Hey, look, they could fire a lot of people. I guess it could work if they fire a lot of their employees, but I don't think the business I think the business the stock. run with less employees. Sure. I think there's a world in which there's a lot of cost savings that come down the pipe and the business doesn't change. They raise prices and they're fine. Yeah, but how is the stock going to do well? Like, why is this a $100 billion? Why is this a $70 billion? Bit? Sorry. Why is the stock price at $35 a share five to seven years from now? Because they, gener- no- they generate enough cash to warrant it. They have never generated positive free cash flow. 
wrong. Oh, all right. Give it. I, I say, give it a year. All right. I mean, look at the. Tra- okay, look at the trajectory. So at, UK, at the UK, current, how much they generate in cash? Yeah, that's that's a question worth having. But I, there is definitely a path for them to generate positive free cash flow. Look, is this a bankrupt company? No. I did. I. I have no. I mean, that's out of the. T- I, I think that's out of the cards. Uh. <laughs> Uh, thanks for the comment, Alex. He said, if I like uh, cash flow, you should check out this company called Berkshire. I hear Bloomstrand just at a bottom. Thank you. <laughs> I was a bit harsh at that, but still, I, I, I've done learn about, like, again, we don't need to revisit that. Uh, that was in jest, <laughs> mainly, but uh, okay, like, they're at $40 billion market cap, right? So you basically get positive returns, yet eventually think, and I learned this from Buffett, so... <laughs> Uh, another joke there. The you got to get to a ten percent free cash flow yield at some point. So when are they going to get to four four billion dollars in annual free cash flow? Twenty twenty six. You think that's possible? I'm just putting out a random number. I think it's possible. What's their? I mean, what's their gross profit right now? Seven point seven billion. I mean, can't lie. It's possible. Might not be likely, but it's possible. It's possible. Can this if, business run with half of its employees? Hard to tell. Yeah, I honestly have no idea. So I probably should have a take. I mean, look, customer support's pretty high with this too. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. I, I'm oh, laughing. Yeah. Alex, thank you. That was that was a great joke. I am. Uh, I. Yes. Do you I've, know uh, <laughs> what? country has the highest amount of oil reserves in the world oh it's then it's not going to be saudi arabia then if you're if you're asking me this it's not saudi arabia correct wow all right the united states no no way jose all right lay it on me what is it venezuela oh wow and they did quite well with that, right? No. <laughs> How are they not? Like, uh, yeah, I saw a chart here. I think Saudi Arabia was number two. Oh, they gotta be. They got that gigantic oil field. So big. Really, it's Venezuela. The uh, some that uh, I heard on the Berkshire podcast that Chris did that he talked about, mm. which I found kind of fascinating. I don't know if I've told you about this, but uh, the uh, <laughs> this podcast he did, have I told you? Uh, he mentioned, if you were running an oil company or an oil and gas production company, let's say, and, the, and you were pr- printing record profits and the government was essentially forcing you to be public enemy number one, what would your incentives be? Or they were like basically trying to find every way to like threaten your business as possible. Would you be incentivized to pour a bunch of that profits back into CapEx? Yeah. Well, let me just repeat what I've heard from other people talking about oil. Isn't everyone spooked from the um, too much CapEx five to 10 years ago, right? Yeah. I mean, the government's going to treat you the same no matter what, just because it's a great talking point politically. 
Uh, yeah, I agree with you, or whatever his point was going to be. Like, I kind of get where his point was going to be that they're going to keep supply constraints unless they're incentivized. There was an interesting take, I forget who I was listening to, that said, and I don't know how much this would fly, but the US government or I don't know who could promise a price floor where you can sell oil for, say, a price floor of 70 over the next five years. And that you know floor would really help the oil companies know that they're not going to go bankrupt if they you know, just pump up supply too much. That's an interesting idea. But it seems like one of these, again, it seems like a bad business that can go through some times where they're insanely profitable. Because, and look, I don't know, Jack, I don't know anything about oil and gas or energy, but what always just makes me nervous is when people say the cure for high prices is high prices. And it seems like that's the case. Well, if that's the case, then how is this industry predictable at all? Yeah. Also, what's a high price? Exactly. I don't know. I think I might just go long oil. (laughs) Thing is, everyone says that whenever like prices get high. So if everyone's saying that they're all avoiding it, maybe it's like, Mm. I know that's something Nick Seiple said, but until the CapEx shows up, you've essentially got, I guess, well, it, it goes beyond just the U S is CapEx, huh? The, uh, yeah, it's also tough when the biggest, uh, producers are in a literal cartel. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's yeah. tough. Yeah. So according to this list, the U S is number nine, nine. Wow. On oil I reserves. thought that would have been higher. What's the top five? Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, Canada, Iran, Iraq, Canada. Nice. It's that basically the U S serious. I'm serious. Uh, I mean, in this regard, it's basically the US. Like, why? Because they pipe a lot of the oil in? No, just be politically. Oh. If you, if you get what I mean. Yeah, it's tough. tough look for Europe there. Venezuela. How, how does Venezuela, like, even the kings have got to look at, or whoever, I don't I guess it's not necessarily a, um, a monarchy. But the political elite there have got to look at Saudi Arabia and be like, man, they're really doing like, how are we not, you know, how is our income inequality not turning us into as rich as them? But that's besides the point. I guess it's tough that Iran has that huge. It's kind of a tough location, huh? I'm, uh, I can no longer say anything intelligent or nor did I about oil. So. All right, new topic. topic to uh, Callaway. Okay. Why Callaway now? We went to the Top Golf Lounge, and needless to say, it diminished That's my it. foolishness. What would you give it? I wouldn't give it two thumbs down, maybe one thumbs down, right? Yeah, 
one thumbs down, maybe two thumbs sideways. Nah. One what thumb is down. what is two thumbs sideways? It mid. It was it was mediocre. Overpriced, okay. no doubt. And there was like no one there. Yeah. Would you have paid what was that? What did it come out to? What, forty dollars an hour per person? For three people, yeah. Would you have paid that for the typical bay? Like ours was just the lounge that was inside. Would you have paid forty dollars for yourself in one of their like big outdoor ranges? Yeah, sure, sure. In a fun group, sure. But <laughs> I just don't like how you can't use your own clubs or how it's lame to use your own clubs because the clubs are shit. Well, you go in there with a different mentality than most people. <laughs> it's well, that lounge thing is like an experimental concept, so. I'm glad they're not rolling it out because it was strange. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan. <sighs> yeah, I like how, I mean, I like Top Golf a lot. So do I don't know why. I don't know why we've discussed it a lot. We've looked at it, what, for the past year? I don't know why it's still in that too hard pile. What has sat in your, what do you think you've sucked your thumb on the longest? What one company? That's a weird phrase to, way to put it, but I, I understand what you mean. Uh, it's been there. You thought it was just. Uh, you probably know it for good returns. You probably know better than me. I mean, Roku, maybe? No, no. That's and been expensive. That's been super expensive. Yeah, I'm talking about something that for a while you thought, like, God, oh, this is generate good returns. Let me look at my watch list. I mean, I would have said latch. Good thing I never bought that. that. I think eventually I just bit the bullet on everything that I that's been in there. And now that the prices have come down, it's given me reason to. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff hasn't done well. So on Coupon, the watch list, I suppose. Coupon, I have been wa- watching for a little over a year. Yeah, yeah, coupon. I don't know what I'm missing. What price would you buy Meta at? Oh, gosh. That's a tough question. I feel like if I actually went through the math, I would say today. <laughs> yeah, you're going you're gonna to say it. I would, go, I would go through. Price. I would actually, yeah, I would look at it. I'd go through the math and be like, oh, man, maybe I should buy it today. I mean, man, this looks cheap. I, I, I don't know why this isn't on my watch list. Facebook? Yeah. Meta, whatever you want to call it. I mean, maybe that's the one I've sucked my thumb on for the longest, although I guess in a good, you know, in a good way. Yeah, to our benefit. Yeah, dang. It's cheap. Wow. $60 billion in cash flow. Oh, operating cash flow, obviously. Wow. They have a, yeah, they have decent CapEx. Dang. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's still like 10 times for cash flow. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't maybe, think... Maybe, but the thing is, it's been... The value bros have been all over it for... Like oh, years. I mean, everyone's been over it. I don't think it's just... It's... I don't think the... Like, I don't think the question is any sort of trailing multiples here. It's... It could be a 10, it could be a 15. 
it's got to just be durability, not even growth, just durability of the of the cash flow. Which is interesting because maybe two well, three years ago, free it was, cash flow or the operating cash flow? Because oh. capex, it sounds like it's going to change. Yeah, but a lot of the reality labs is opex, right? Or am I? Are you talking about something else? I don't follow the company that closely, so. I thought a lot of it was in capex too. No, it would be. Head I thought they pledged to like ten billion or something in reality. That, that, no, that's that's total expenses. So, oh. not 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 capex. Either way, though, it's a cost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I don't own this. I'm gonna say this right now. It's hard. Like Instagram is so sticky even though I think it's a terrible product for society. <laughs> Disregarding that. Don't you think also if, let's say, TikTok did get banned in the US, how much do you oh, think? I mean, Reels would, benefit yeah. to Instagram? Reels would get... Yeah, it would be, it'd be great. But, I mean, how, you can't bet on that. You can't bet on that. That's, that's my a, friends, though, Reels, and I think they have like a similar Facebook product, uh, People well, that can go on. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Well, the Facebook one can go onto the Facebook dating pile of wasted product development. But yeah, Instagram Reels seems to be getting great, great traction. I don't know, though. That's I like such a great on. blueprint just to copy everyone else's products <laughs> for a billion person user base, whatever it is. Yeah. Instagram, yeah. Gosh, social's so hard, but it might be discounted enough. It's such a hard question for speaking on the stock. Like, I think social media is a tough business. Just given, you know, trendiness and stuff like that. But what social is that media dis- is in the last 10 years? 15 years, maybe even say, have fallen off uh, or gotten worse in terms of users. Look, I like forget MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Twitter, right? At some points, I'm I mean, just looking it's at bigger, you know, still substantially bigger. Twitter's sort of, I mean, it's a bigger business than it was. But Let, I'm going to put up on wide charts here, Twitter, Meta Platforms, Snap, and Pinterest. We're going to look at returns over the last five years compared to the S&P 500. Want to put your guesses in? Well, how many of killed it? And how many? Like two or years ago or something like that. So it's bad sample size. But no, these are. Are there any other social media stocks? Okay. Is there any... Would you call Match Group social media? No. Where would you bucket that? Utilities? <laughs> no, it's its own category. Uh, all right. The S&P 500 total return was 38.4% in the last five years. Or sorry. Shit. We got to X out. Ah, fuck. All right. Since, since Pinterest went public in 2019. Uh, it's 38.4%. Oh, 
Why not? Why not? Social media got a benefit. Those were all at like those were all extremely bit up in 2019, if I remember correctly. It wasn't mm. snapped like towards like 50 times sales at 2020. Uh, no, that was in 2020. Snap was totally in the. Uh, yeah, I mean, right, pandemic right. was a benefit to them. All four of these stocks underperformed. Yeah, that's not I think it, I don't. I think it's a tough business, regardless of users. Facebook's uh, take whatever profit metric you want: free cash flow, operating profit. Sure, has this overperformed. That's a good point. It might just be sentiment around social medias. Now, Twitter, I know, has been whatever bad, but I'd be surprised. Twitter is the I, I I'm a fan of the Seattle Mariners, and Twitter is like the Seattle Mariners. You get optimistic every year, and they fail you. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> every year, their new revenue strategy could change the game. That's right. There's a new prospect coming up. Do you think, <laughs> honestly? Do you think if Elon Musk is CEO or running the company, do you think there's any way that he actually drives a no way. mainstream? No way. He's not even going to do the guy just flies around in his private jet. Like he has no time for this. Where's he been by the way? MIA. He has been off any, any speculative theories here as we wrap up why he's off. Yeah, it's probably I the, okay. I have one. Here. He's going to come back and there's going to be a story that, he went to the factory for 20 days and slept in the office room and had no time for social media because he was like working so hard, grinding so hard at the giga factory. Yeah. Remember that video? He's had this tweet in his drafts for 20 days waiting to like explain how hard he's been working. Remember that video they had with one of the morning shows once where he, uh, He was like, yeah, I've been living at the factory. And it was like one of those, it was like the Michael Scott moment from the little bench thing that he's like, yeah, I just curl up here. And he had that little couch. He's like, yeah, I just curl up here. I'm like, dude, people can track this private jet. Like you live in a private jet. You have like two of them. Why? If you count your brothers, who is buying this stuff? Uh, Whatever. But yeah, that makes sense. I I think that you could be right there. Or he's in legal trouble, but. I don't know. Something would have come out by now. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And or I mean, it's he's, like, uh, he's like just in ultimate like regret mode on the Twitter deal. So you can't face the app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's like rebelling, like a self protest. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder if they give him a special app. He's 100 million followers, you know. That'd be a, you can't let that thing crash. You know what I mean? Like, does he still get, we, we barely get any notifications on Twitter. I had to turn them off. Like, does he have like the little bell thing that has the little numbers? Yeah. I don't know how that works. I've never, never, I never understood. <laughs> His whole thing probably just says 1 million plus forever. Like, I mean, it's just totally useless for him. Yeah. All right. I think we got to sign off here. Yep. That's an hour. All right. Uh, if you listened on the podcast, we do these on Thursdays at 12 o'clock Pacific time, uh, three o'clock Eastern time on YouTube. So if you just YouTube chit chat money, you can find what day of the week too? Thursdays. 
typically, right? You, yes, <laughs> you, you know. You know. We've moved it around, but you like gave me a confused face. Well, you All didn't right. say Thursday, so. So feel free uh, to get the questions in there if you want, if you want to ask us anything like that. Or if you want to reach out to us, we're on Twitter. Uh, we respond to any DMs. The DMs are open on the Chit Chat Money account. And we have an email, chitchatmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll respond to anything there. So feel free to reach out. I should give a disclosure on this. Brett and I are not financial advisors. Anything we say or discuss here on Chit Chat Money is not formal advice or recommendation. We are, however, general partners at Arch Capital. So clients may have positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Thank you all for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. 